Hey everybody, welcome back to the Steel Mace Nation podcast. Today's podcast is with Dr. Joey Cadena. He is the owner and CEO of Primal Flow. Primal Flow is a startup company that produces training maces made of lightweight wood. Uh, we basically have a conversation about how Dr. Joey uh, found the mace and how he decided to get into uh, making wood maces. Um, he's a physical therapist. He works with patients that have uh, you know problems uh, with movement and essentially he's used his wood mace to help them through their problems and graduate them up to using the steel mace or uh, just moving moving on and having better mobility. So I was really interested in getting into this conversation with him as a steel mace coach because um, I'm trying to essentially talk to the public about steel mace training. And I'd like to be able to tell them all the benefits and having Dr. Joey's, uh, Dr. Joey's um, perce perception, his perspective, if you will, on uh, this type of training is really, I think, essential and helpful to anyone who wants to get into steel mace coaching. So please enjoy the podcast. And by the way, um, this podcast is recorded at a shared universe podcast studio in Eatontown, New Jersey, the Jersey Shore area. And, you know, if you are a New Jersey in and you would like to do a podcast, this is the place to be. It's an awesome uh, area to come to and it's a awesome uh podcast studio so thanks for listening to the podcast and please if you do like it give us a five-star rating on itunes follow us on youtube you know uh show us a little bit of love all right enjoy the podcast all right everybody so here's dr joey how you doing dr joey i'm doing great i'm doing great so uh I wanted to get you on the podcast and talk about all the great stuff that you got going on with your uh, various wood products and um, especially wanted to hear what you have to say about um, training with the mace and more like technical stuff. You know, I think I think yeah. uh, it'd be great to hear, you know, for those coaches out there that are getting into teaching steel mace and, and uh, you know, the various uh, modalities of mace. Um, when you want to explain to a client what is actually happening when they when they uh, use a mace, um, it would be great to hear somebody from your perspective who has um, a doctorate and a physical therapy practice, yes. right? So yes. uh, what can you uh, tell us about that kind of stuff? Sure. Um, well, you know, the steel mace... I think is it's in, in its infancy right now. It's, uh, it's in a really awesome place because we're all kind of like at that cutting edge point where it's about to spring off. And we're going to be like those pioneers that were early on in the day when it really exploded. Uh, and so it's, it's a really exciting place to be because you and I, people that are doing the mace, we're kind of forming this practice from the beginning. And, uh, so we have to be very conscious that we're doing things that have merit, that have purpose, and that are productive because at that point it can become bigger and bigger and bigger and widely accepted. If we're not careful, if we're not careful, we can go too, I don't want to say out on the fringe, but we can go too out there to where it can be niched as something that is not as mainstream and, and 
It's great to be original and it's great to be uh, very creative because that's one thing that makes the maze so awesome is that it can be like this complete tool of creative expression. But what we're talking here as a coach, as a sports scientist, as a clinician, the maze has an extremely valuable tool for strength training, for rehab, for optimizing human performance. And we don't want mainstream American society or worldwide society to see mace and go, oh, that's kind of like a, a dance type of thing, or oh, that's kind of like uh, an artistic tool, and it gets written off from sports science. Because it is a very versatile tool, it can be both, and that's great. And so I think that us, those of us that are coaching, those of us that are putting programs out there, we have to be really cognizant about what we're doing and how we're presenting and putting it forward to the world so that it can be getting second and third and fourth and fifth looks by people who have influence that can push it forward in a bigger direction. Because I, I firmly, with like every core of my body, believe that this tool can heal so many people and can be so valuable. So we need to make sure we have this responsibility as practitioners now in this MACE program or this MACE community to put it out there in a very professional way. That is something that people can go, wow, that's a beautiful practice. That looks like a great workout. I want to do that. And when enough people do that, all of a sudden now it's everywhere. I, I remember, um, I don't know, 15 years ago or so, seeing the kettlebell or seeing the battle rope and going, wow, that's kind of strange. What is that? It's very mm -hmm. different. Yeah. And then I start to see it more and more and I try it and I go, wow, there's really awesome way to train. And now you go to Walmart or Target or uh, Academy and there's kettlebells there. They have a battle rope on the shelf and now it has kind of hit mainstream, Yeah, which is a good thing. And I, I think the mace, I feel really strongly that the mace can head that way if we do it the right way. Yeah, I, I think uh, nowadays if you open up a gym, no matter what kind of gym it is, you got to have a tire outside. Yeah. Uh, you got to have a kettlebell in the window and a rope somewhere, even You're if right. you, even if you don't use them, because they they really become recognized. You know, yes. you see the tire, you see the rope, you see the kettlebell, you go, oh, that's a gym. I, that's where I. Should I have go. all of the above in my place exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I remember the tire thing. It was funny because you start to see people flipping a tire. And I'm like, oh, that looks really fun. I want to try that. And I, where do I find the tire? And uh, one day I'm driving down a street to my, to my facility, and there's this empty lot that's always just empty. And there's a tire. I kid you not. I swear I didn't make this up. There's this giant tractor tire standing vertically right on the side of the road, like the light shining on it. The clouds <laughs> parted. I heard angels yeah. singing. Yeah. And I a said, gift. there's a tire I can get for my gym. Yeah. So I call my best friend who has a truck. I'm like, dude, you need to get over here right now. There's this tire I want. And he's like, what? And I said, no, it's for training. Uh, trust me, people are using this thing to train. Mm -hmm. And so he drives over. He humors me. We get this giant, massive tractor tire, which was incredibly hard to pick up. And we still have that tire in my gym today. And we slam it with the sledgehammers and we flip it. It's great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we yeah. we hit tires with uh, with our mace. You know, it's it's better than using a sledgehammer, especially if yes. you're uh, training a new client because the sledgehammer can glance. You know, it's got a weird yes. handle, right? So right. With, with a nice steel mace, you could you could teach them a proper swing. They're not going to get splinters in their hand or whatever. Mm, perfect, man. That's a perfect segue to why the Primal Flow mace came about. Yeah, yeah. The safety factor of a sledgehammer to hitting the tire. Uh, same with the steel mace to what I did with the training mace. Uh, I had that moment where I was training with a steel mace 
just for my own personal training, working out, I, I felt it was very valuable to build grip strength. I was Spartan racing at the time. I've kind of stepped back from that, but I did quite a few years of Spartan race training. And so an obstacle course racing, uh, grip endurance, grip strength is huge. So you nice. can climb, you know, three hours in a race, you can still cross a monkey bar or climb a rope and that kind of thing. So I was always looking for different ways to train grip strength. And that's kind of how I got led to the steel mace. I buy a steel mace and it's awesome. And I started using it for myself. And then I realized like, hey, other people can use this. I like these movements I'm learning. I think it'd be great for the shoulder or for the, the neck or the back. The, but the 10 pound mace is a bit heavy if someone has a shoulder strain or, you know, forget about it. If they're off after surgery, I see patients from, you know, orthopedic surgeries. There's no way I would give them a 10 pound piece of steel. And so I went on an online quest to find a lighter version of this saying I need to have, you know, uh, something that's manageable for someone that's coming back from an injury. And I can't find anything, you know, the five and the seven pound maces, I purchased them. But they're shorter, they're smaller, they're not proportioned the same way to get that true body extension. And so that's when I went on the quest of, I need to make one. What do I make that's lighter than steel? Well, there's wood. Um, I have a martial arts background. And uh, you don't grab a razor sharp katana and start learning how to use that. You get a wooden sword that's proportioned to the steel sword. And you learn. Uh, And... So that's where I said, you know what, I need, I need to have a wooden version of this mace. And one of my staff members' uh, fathers is a woodsmith. He builds furniture. He's incredibly talented. So I asked her, uh, do you think your dad could make one of these steel maces out of wood? And she said, well, yeah, he has every tool he can make anything. And uh, I get to meet with him, and we do you know, months of R&D, which kind of wood, how do we want to make it? And we come up with basically the training mace. And it was initially going to be for my own practice, just for myself and patients there at my studio, at my gym and and, and clinic. But I put a post on Instagram and I said, hey, you know, Instagram, I came up with this uh, smaller, lighter version of the training, uh, a training mace made from wood. It's proportioned like a 10 pound mace. And I got all these direct messages. Do you ship them? Do you have a website? How much is that? And I thought, oh, wow, there's a demand for this outside of my own little world. Uh, let my wife does websites. So she said, Hey, uh, I'll make a website. We can take some pictures of it and let's just put it out there. And that's how primal flow almost a year later was born. Amazing. Yeah. It just happens organically just like that. Yeah. And, and now you have this nice business where you're producing these different maces. And I brought, uh, the mace that Ooh. I got for my daughter. Love it. This is a Primal Flow mace right here. You remember making this? Yes. Yeah. Every single one of those. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, um, I sent you a message. I said, um, hey, you know, I think your regular wood mace is a little too much for my my little daughter. Can you make? And you said, yeah, we're we're working on something. So um, you were the guy. That's right. You were the guy that was the catalyst to get the kids mace off the ground. Right. That I completely remember that. I just couldn't remember who that was. So. Uh, right. My, I have an eight year old daughter and she likes to play around with our mace too, but the proportions aren't right for her. And right. I've been toying around with the idea, but then when you asked, I said, same way. Oh, there's a demand. You know what? Some of our clients want a kid's mace. Let's make one. So we scale down the proportions. We get a little bit of a lighter wood and there we are. Kids maces have been a great little product line that I'm so happy for to see videos of families out there you know, learning the mace together. I mean, really, that's what this is all about is health and, and happiness. Exactly. 
Yeah, and and you know you you even put uh, my daughter's name on it. She loves yeah. that. Yeah. And um, I put out a video. I think you made a comment on one of them. It's it's my family. It's her, and she's yes. she's flowing with us. Yes. Um, incredible. It's absolutely incredible. And, and you know, I I almost like get a little tear in my eye every time I watch the video. Yeah. It's I just fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. No. Truly, truly, honestly, that was like the visual goal for uh, Primal Flow was to have a family flowing together. And the video you guys did was like the vision realized. And it was like moment made. Yeah. I got to reshare that one. That was I got to repost that. That was incredible. Yeah. And you know what? More to come. You know, my daughter really enjoys it. And uh, she's she's a little leader herself. So she'll say, um, no, let's do it like this now. And she incorporates her ballet and her gymnastics nice. into it. Dude, so, that's awesome. You know, it, it's it's fantastic. And you know, I got into uh, steel mace because of shoulder mobility issues. You mm -hmm. know, I went to the I went to this gym that had mace, and they they turned me on to that. And cool. I started off with a ten pound mace, and then I fell in love with with the whole thing. I said I want to teach this. I and I I got my uh, steel mace flow level one certification. Yeah. And um, then my first gig was in a yo yoga studio. And nice. they have these beautiful cork floors. And they're like, yeah, we're really worried about people dropping the mace. I said, well, there's right. there's wood maces. And I was just thinking about, you know, other people and being mm -hmm. just having a more well-rounded arsenal. And yes. I contacted you and I and I picked up a handful of wood maces from you. And I've been teaching people at that yoga studio with them. Um, and I had a successful uh, engagement. There was a girl who was just having a little issue, and you mentioned earlier about the proportions of the five-pound steel mace, the seven-pound right. mace. The handle's not that that long. Um, your uh, your full-sized wood maces, the three to four-pound ones, have uh, what 30 30-inch handle? Th yeah, I mean, we basically scaled it to the majority of the ten-pound maces out there, uh, so it translates right over into movement with those maces. Yeah. It's a perfect replica, if you will, or a training uh, simulator. And uh, that's what led to the whole idea of PT, using it for clients like yourself that are recovering from shoulder issues or shoulder surgery. I even have 80-year-olds sitting on a plyo box that I'm seeing for you know osteoarthritis of the shoulder or the back. And they're doing rotating uppercuts and they're doing bow and arrow movements with the training mace. Right. And they feel empowered and they, they buy it. They're like, I want this for my house. I'll do this every right. day. Yeah. And now I've made a mace warrior out of grandma who's 85 years old. And instead of picking up a dumbbell, she'd love this tool. It's something she could have right by her chair at home. And she can now become healthier and stronger and happier because the mace itself is, is, is not intimidating at the weight that it is. And wood has a beauty to it that is unique and uh it sits nicely in the living room uh it doesn't look like a piece of workout equipment sitting there in the you know in the corner <laughs> right and uh I've, so i've had people say wow i wish i could hang this on my wall it's so pretty it's like yeah. a beautiful right. work of art and uh that's 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 been a cool side effect of, of primal flow mace it's just the beauty of it the tool yeah and also the the beauty of uh, seeing people using the tool and becoming healthier again. And yes. from, so you, you, you run a PT practice mm -hmm. and you're working with people that have injuries or they're just getting older, losing yes. mobility. Um, question for you is what, uh, like, what's the average turnaround time? You, you see a patient come in, they have all, all these issues. 
How long, how long do you see it average-wise take for a person to start moving better when they start incorporating the mace? Right. Um, I want to say immediately, uh, it depends on the injury. If they're coming in for surgery, obviously you have time frames of healing that are dictated by the body, you know, days and weeks and so forth. But if I'm coming with some, I'm coming from somebody that may have an impingement or just a sprain or strain, there's so much variety of movement you can do with the mace that I can get them moving that same day better than they left when they, they walked in the door. Same day. Because you can always find, well, this movement restriction on their body is at this so many degrees, like at 110 degrees. They get a pinch and a sharp pain, right. but they're fine at any range before that. Hey, why don't we start with some side, you know, uppercuts and we're only going to go to 70 degrees, but we're going to work on rotating our shoulder blade. Our scapula is going to engage. We're going to engage all our rotator cuff muscles, our serratus muscle. And let's just start to move that shoulder back and forth, back and forth. All of a sudden now they're going 85, 90 degrees. And then by the time you know it, they're leaving and they're like, wow, I got it up to 115 degrees. I didn't feel the pinch. Yeah. When it's a um, movement impairment, which I would say is about 80% of orthopedic injuries, as long as it's not traumatic, right? They didn't come in from like a sports trauma or, you know, something like a traumatic injury. If it's coming in from my shoulder just started hurting, I work out, I, it started to hurt me, it, uh, it's getting worse. What happens there is they're gradually getting a muscle imbalance. A lot of the muscle synergies over time start to fall out of uh, you know, the balance because of lifestyle. For instance, right now, we're always facing forward. We're always hunched over our computers or our, our smartphones. And so now all these anterior muscles like your pec, your biceps, all these muscles start to become dominant over your back muscles. Right. That shifts your shoulder forward just a little bit in the socket, and it starts to throw off the axis. And so what we're developing there is a, a movement impairment syndrome. When you reverse that, and the mace is beautiful for this, you reverse that by engaging the muscles that have become sluggish. You turn them back on. Within 25, 30 reps, they have kind of restarted that system. Yeah. And now they're like, wow, I got my arm all the way up. It didn't pinch. Why did it not pinch? Because now we retrain those muscles to fire together. It's not permanent. They have to keep working it. And that's when you say, well, we're going to see you a couple times a week. We're going to go through these movement drills. You could probably do some of this at home. And now, over time, it becomes permanent because you've kind of woke up the muscles that got sluggish and you corrected movement immediately. So with a training weapon or training tool that's lightweight, you can do that because it's safe. It's safe. And then you can say, hey, you're getting all the way up there now with this one. Let's try the 10-pound mace and let's start at the bottom again and work our way up. And so just like in weight training, and here's where I, I – this is kind of a cool lead in what we talked about earlier – Getting the sports science community and coaches and people like that to see this as a tool that is valuable across the board is to say, just like in sports science, when you first start teaching someone Olympic lifting, they don't get a barbell and load it up with some plates on there and start to do cleans and explosive Olympic lifts. They get a PVC pipe and they go through right. all the movement sequences very cautiously, carefully, really putting those motor patterns together. Then they get the bar, then they add the weight and so on. So with the mace... We needed that progressive tool as well so that with sports science rules and laws that have been published, you know, periodization and, you know, microcycles and macrocycles and being able to pyramid the weight up and down and all that kind of good stuff. You can start with a weight like the training mace, forge those motor patterns, and then graduate it into heavier maces if the athlete chooses to. 
And so when you have a system in place like this that's documented and it's in, a, in foundations book, it's in certification courses, we're using you know, mechanics, mindful mechanics, we're teaching people proper body mechanics and form. Now the sports science community is going to go, I want to take that course uh, like you did. I want to get that certification. Right. There's some valuable knowledge there to be had with this unique tool. What makes the steel mace unique is this offset weight distribution. You have the ball at the end, whatever weight that ends up being, and the long handle. So now you have this offset weight tool that activates a lot more stabilization muscles than a tool like, say, the kettlebell that's centered right in your center of mass. It's ideal and it's perfectly biomechanical right to your body. This is a complete opposite. It's like a full disadvantage to your body. Yep. And now it makes other muscles go, whoa, wait a minute. I have to recruit to hold this thing straight. And now you're recruiting more muscles. And, and another thing with the mace is that it, the movements are circular and rotational. Right. Where with most sports and in, in most uh, activities, everything's linear. If you're pressing a barbell, you're pressing it, you're moving it forward, pushing it, you know, rowing, all these movements are forward. What I see in my clinic very often are rotational muscles that are out of balance with the other prime movers. So mace movement has a lot of the rotational component to it, plus the offset weight kicks in those stabilizers. And now you have, you've taken everybody from linear to circular or multi-plane and it becomes functional. That's like the big catch term right now, functional training. Right. Well, I think for me, the mace is the king of the functional training tools mm -hmm. because it incorporates straight plane movements, but it also has rotational movements. And the offset weight integrates a lot of these stabilizers with the prime movers. So it's a very well-rounded tool. Yes, definitely. And I think that was, uh, you know, one of my issues when I uh, – started to lose mobility in my upper back was the just my traditional weight training was just starting to beat me down that coupled with the fact that i work on a busy fire department and i got to carry you know weird heavy loads all the time and yeah so and getting older and you know whatever so yeah. um the, a lot of overcompensation right you know like hey I'm, I'm i'm supposed to be squatting 225 and and i'm i'm struggling here so yes. I got, you know, I, I can't, I can't uh, lose strength now. No, this doesn't make sense. So I'm overcompensating and, and the muscles are getting all tweaked and whacked out. Um, if, you know, you incorporate doing 360s or 10 and 2s and you work those scapulas, yes. you know, and they're, they're rotating, you could, you could fix a lot of that stuff. And then the overcompensation ceases because you're yes. using your muscles properly. Right. It's like fine-tuning tool. Right. And that's where MACE can be its own movement practice completely as a, somebody's go-to workout program. But on a bigger scale, it can be a tool within the weak spectrum of, a, of an athlete or a sport athlete, say a tennis player or a racquetball player or baseball player. They can use the rotational strength and, and kind of close up loose ends to round out their sport performance and get that squat back up, get the power in their serve back up or swimmer, get that stroke in the water more powerful because the mace can be a component of their, their training that coaches can utilize in the sports setting, not just as its own practice, like in a mace class, it can be used in a sports science setting when more coaches learn this tool. And that's a very big goal. And that's what I love about these podcasts is we're getting this information out there yeah. and you have people that are curious and they listen to this and they go, Hey, that makes sense. Let me try it. Yes, definitely. Yeah. And the, um, the, 
the training that you do with it, you know, you you add it into what your uh, whatever the athlete is doing, and yep. it. it if if this is something that uh, is going to catch on, do you see it really changing like a tennis player's game yeah. dramatically, or just a little bit? I mean, like, what's your idea on that? I think dramatically. I would venture to say dramatically because uh, when you isolate certain muscles like the stabilizers and you recruit them at a high level, they become much more functional with a group of muscles that are synergists. They're supposed to work together, and now you create a better power output because the body's more efficient. And so now whether the serve was sort of sluggish or the serve was a little bit sloppy at the end range of the follow-through because the scapula wasn't quite going or the lat was mm. tight because it didn't let them follow through or whatever the muscle balance was, this tool is going to correct those things, and now they can get through fully efficient you know, motion. And so the, the MACE is a very comprehensive tool to close gaps. And that's really how a primal flow um, a training mace is a great way to start because sometimes those stabilizing muscles are very weak because they're, you know, I've had elite athletes or pro athletes I've worked with and they have incredible feats of power and strength, right. but you test out certain muscles and the muscle can't even hold against gravity. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's mind-blowing how they can do what they do, yet if you isolate a couple of muscles here and there, they can't even hold their own limb, the, the weight of their arm or the weight of their leg. Yeah. So this is a great way to have a step in from the training mace to the steel mace to sport performance in, in the water or on the court. Yeah, that's the, the curse of, of being a, a specialist. You, you, yeah. You, you oh, lose yeah, good. the ability to do everything else. Yeah, good, good point. You know, there's so much specialism uh, in, in sports science and in general. And the thing about isms, it's like you can't niche yourself into a box. You know, the whole definition of ism is the fact that you're like adamant about one way to do things. You know, I'm a tennis player. You know, I'm a, you know, crossfitter or whatever it is. Yeah. The minute you box yourself into a little square, then you have limited your own tools and your own training or growth. Um, that's why I have a very eclectic approach really across the board my whole life. Uh, and it comes from early on. It was Bruce Lee. Uh, everybody knows Bruce Lee and he has his saying, you know, no way is way, no style is style, but he really goes deeper. If you think about what that means, uh, when you read his, his, uh, his writings, he says, you know, don't put yourself in a box. Don't be a judo man or a boxing man or a karate man. You need to be able to take from everything that is useful, absorb it and utilize it for your own growth. Right. And you can't do that if you're a specialist or a purist, right? And yeah. that's that's a big problem. I see in my clinic, I'll see someone say 20 years old, they're playing college level sports, but they started when they were eight years old and they've done it year round and they've never cross trained and they've only played that sport for 10, 15 years, right. their their shoulder, just to take an example, we keep using the shoulder, they have the shoulder of a 40-year-old at a 20-year-old because they never they specialize too much where they, if they had a cross-training tool like the mace or a practice of movement and, and just uh, durability and mobility, they would not have that happen. And it's a trend in the, in the medical sports medicine that I've seen. It's a trend. It's this over-specialization and so mace training is so versatile. You can use the mace like a yoga tool, like you were using in a yoga studio. Right. You can use it to slam a tire for like a football or a jujitsu guy or a judo person or some power sport. Or you can hold it in sustained movements. 
and have isometric contractions, or you can do a ton of reps, like in a bodybuilding strength kind of way. I mean, it's right. such a cool, versatile tool that it's, it, it, uh, it has that capacity. Yeah. And just this early in the game, like you said, we're, we're at, at a, a certain point now where it's going to get bigger, but right now we're kind of like in a holding pattern with yes. it. Um, yeah. But what's available out there right now, it, it's amazing. Right. You know, I just did an interview with Rick Brown, and yeah. he talked about uh, meeting uh, Jake Shannon and, yes. you know, getting involved with, uh, the you know, the heavy 10 and 2s and the 360s. That's his game and everything. We talked about getting into flow and, and, and how versatile that is. And now you look and you have um, so much to pick from. And it's yeah. all it's all really good, you know. And yeah, uh, it breaks that that even even when you're just a regular gym rat, you could almost become a specialist because you keep doing the same routine over and over yes. again, like you what do I was doing. Zone. Yeah, and yeah. You, it's something to break you out of it. Yeah, one of the amazing things that I found with um, the mace was its ability to tap into a creative outlet in my mind, yeah. which I was never able to do. You know, doing a flow sequence. You know, right. uh, moving in these patterns and moving the mace in certain ways and stepping into a lunge and then maybe doing a three one handed 360 around my head. Yes. The the mind coordination that takes place yeah. to, to move the steel around your head and to, to move into a lunge pattern. And then an hour later, I come out of it like my brain just went through a, a washing or a cleansing cycle. Oh, yeah. And that's that's another aspect of mm -hmm. health is the mind, you know. Yes. And. In your practice, I bet when you have people coming in with problems, they, they're probably borderline depressed, right? They can't move well yeah, or whatever. Definitely. So w what do you see happen mind-wise? Like w like with within the short amount of time they, they come to you? Sure. Uh, so I mean, you see bigger smiles on her faces? and. Oh, yeah. I mean, I see an, old, uh, an 80-year-old lady light up like a little warrior and jab at my one of my coaches walking by. She's got this mace in her hand and she feels empowered. And yeah. where, like you said, it you nailed it. She came in depressed because she can't, you know, comb her hair anymore because her shoulder is hurting so bad, or she can't get out of her chair because her back hurts so bad. Yeah. And we give her this tool, this training mace, and all of a sudden she's like, "Whoa, this is awesome!" And one of my coaches goes by and she jabs at them and she's laughing. And now we're teaching her these movements that she can do without pain, or like you you said too, with your with your your daughter. Uh, here they have a, you have a kid that feels empowered and right now kids are so into technology and you take them out of that technology into a tool yep. that empowers them because they see this stuff in cartoons. So they see the action movies out there and they feel like a superhero. Yeah. And so now they're going to be introduced and want to move. And that's where it, the tool becomes a, a, a free, a freeing component to the mind. And uh, I like how you touched on the idea that flow makes you move in different ways. There's so many niches in, in Mace that have so many good things to offer. Uh, flow allows you to go and change like from one cross step to a lunge. All of a sudden, you're stepping back into a squat. And that's real world. I mean, yes. if you look at sport, you're in a court, you're running with a ball. It's not a set pattern. You're going to have to adapt to what's happening right then and there. And the Mace has its own mindset because it's set into an arc of motion. Yeah. And if you change your body in a certain position, you have to learn to accommodate that and you have to learn to biomechanically adjust for it. And so that's a, another great area of the tool of the, of the mace is that real world simulation of like stuff happening around you and your body adapting to it. 
your mind focuses. So now all of a sudden you're not thinking about stuff you have to do later that day because there's a piece of steel or wood flying by your head. You're right. focused on that tool. And you all of a sudden you go, wow, that was so cool. I don't even know what I did. I did that for a whole hour. What right. did I do? Yep. You know, I'm big about video, videoing your workouts because you can go back and look at it and go, wow, look at that transition that I just did. That yep. is so cool. I want to try it again and make a drill out of it. Um, this goes now narrowing from freedom of expression and flow to replic replicating sports science where you take a video like any athlete does. They look at the tape, right? And they look at the performance and they say, wow, look at that transition. I did really great. That's a good drill. Let's make a workout from that. Or, oh, my, my form is way off. I'm way over my center yeah. of gravity. I right. need to straighten out my back. I didn't know that. And so self-analyzation or self-critique um, self is a huge thing I talk about in my foundations book. I, I talk about developing a practice with purpose where you actually have measurable objectives and you say, okay, I want to make sure I'm over my center of gravity and I'm not leaning forward for these next 15 forward lunges with, uh, with an uppercut. And then for my switch squat, for my switch squat, I want to make sure that my mace is landing horizontal, that it's not crooked, and I'm keeping my knees you know, in the right position. I'm pushing through my heels. So when you start to put parameters that are measurable, it now becomes a legitimate practice or a legitimate training session because you have things you can measure and assess and say, yes, it was successful. Yes, I did stay over my center of gravity. I'm getting stronger. I'm getting better. Uh, and so this is where it becomes legitimate again. And uh, right. I love how you mentioned, you know, um, with Rick Brown, he's such a legend in, in his way on the heavy mace swinging. Um, I've had the honor and pleasure to collaborate with Jake Shannon. He, uh, he and I, he wrote the forward to our, our new edition, and we're collaborating on some cool projects uh, coming up that cool. hit, their method is wonderful for the wrestler, the power of the strength trainer, going with the heavy 10s and 2s and 360s. And then you have all the other side where you have the yoga movement within the mace. And so, uh, and then what I've found and what Primal Flow is doing is I'm also adding in other tools, what I still see as gaps, right? The mace, as versatile as it is, there are certain ranges of motion that you can't quite get to because of the tool's shape itself. Right. So I've incorporated in two other tools to our program. It's the Collie Stick right. and the Battle Hammer. And for a reason that uh, I had the vision of saying, okay, I want to create a movement practice that someone can do completely on their own at home. They may not be a member of a gym or they may not want to be a part of a gym. They want to practice at home. Right. Uh, I want it to be a full spectrum movement practice that covers all aspects of fitness because people will see fitness and they'll say, oh, that's a real fit person. And they're like super mass massive muscular and they're defining fitness as muscle size right. or they, you know, they, they squat some insane amount of weight and they're like, wow, that guy's really fit. But then if you look at them, they may not be able to touch their toes <laughs> yeah. or they may not even be able to jog across the street. Right. Or, you, or you have someone that can jog, you know, or can run a, a marathon or ultra marathon, but they can't do a push up. Yeah. Right. And so I see that over again, over specialization. So the aim of primal flow was to create a, a spectrum of tools, but beyond the tools was to have a full, uh, full area of sports science, what I would say all aspects of fitness you call being primal fit. They are agile, they are mobile, they're strong, they're balanced, there's ambidexterity to it, there's hand-eye coordination to it. And so uh, these other tools supplement the mace. Uh, the Kali stick, um, if, if those guys out there are not familiar, Kali or Arnis, Eskrima, 
it's a Filipino martial art. It it has a lot of fencing in it, and the mace has a lot of sword in it. Right. And and the flow movements. So I, it was just a natural progression. My background is martial arts. Before the mace, I started at 17, and I'm 45 now. Uh, I started in martial arts, and so training with a sword, training with a knife, training with a collie stick. Um, I found a lot of advantage to it, and then when I started working with the mace, I saw a lot of coexistence. These mace movements are just like this sword movement. This mace movements are just like this bow staff movement. And so we're incorporating with Primal Flow the use of the collie stick to get a little more forearm, wrist, elbow activation because the tool itself is a little bit shorter than the mace, obviously. But you can do 360s and you can do movements with it that are unique to it and that are also congruent with the mace. And so it's a great supplemental tool to mace training. And then the battle hammer uh, I designed looks like Thor's hammer. Yeah. Uh, but I made the handle a little bit longer. So you can do some two-handed stuff, but you can also use it one-handed. And it is able to supplement some of the 360s and the mills and things like that that you could do with a mace. But the weight distribution is different. And then it's also short enough that you can do kettlebell complexes with this tool. But it's, it's got a different grip since the weight is vertically aligned. It's different than the way the weight is on the kettlebell. So now you have these supplementary tools that are closing gaps everywhere and right. unspecializing people. Yeah, unspecializing, uh, yeah. And closing unspecializing. the gaps. Yeah, going back to the ancestral health movement, uh, the idea of ancestral health is go back to the roots of like the origin of everything right. instead of being so modernized, if you will, and specialized. So I love that about the mace and all its practices and all its niches is that you can kind of do a little bit of everything. And that's what I plan to do with my own practice and with Primal Flow is to have a little bit of Kali-inspired movements, a little bit of the 10 and 2 strong movements, a little bit of the yoga type of movements, and be basically eclectic with it. And, and when you do that, you don't put yourself in a little box and limit what training avenue you can go into. You can get the steel guy and hit the tire with it. You can get the wooden one and hold it in a yoga pose. You can get the hammer and swing it like a kettlebell, or you can do it like a mace. And so that's really where my aim for Primal Flow is to, to unspecialize people. The problem with that is it takes open-mindedness and it takes, it's, so for some people, people, wanna, people are comfortable when they can classify something and right. categorize it. Yeah. And they can say, oh, that's that. But if they can't figure out what that is, because I can honestly not even tell you what Primal Flow is because it's a little bit of everything. Um, sometimes that brings a little bit of just discomfort if you will where people say oh i don't know what that is are y'all dancing are y'all doing yoga is yeah. it strength training what is this um but at the same time it makes you open your mind you know bruce lee always say you know open your mind be formless be shapeless be like water go with the flow right, right. and so it, it's a sad trend that i've seen and unfortunately and i kind of wanted to say it because i want to push this out there I have a client who purchased the collie sticks and she says, I've never done this before, but I saw the movements in the book. It looked like it was something fun to do. I bought the sticks. I love them. I think they're great. I feel all the wrist and form stuff that I had never felt before. And uh, this is a person who does heavy kettlebell, heavy mace, some flow. And they said, I feel different and I feel, wow, empowered with the collie stick. It's different than the mace, but it goes together. So she said, so I, I wanted to know more about Kali. So I joined this online Facebook group to learn more about Kali. 
and they were tearing up my movement. They were tearing up my stick, saying, that's not real, Kali, because the sticks had a different shape to them, or they were made from a different form of wood. Yeah. And that's like a big, irritable like soapbox for me, if you will, because it's, here's this person. It's unfortunate. Uh, here's this person who might have been an extremely effective Kali practitioner, really found a niche that has just opened up a world of health for her. And she got turned off by the movement practice because, hey, your sticks don't look like ours. They're made from a different kind of wood. Yeah. Like, are you kidding me? Tradition. <laughs> it's tradition, right? It's tradition. Yeah. It's tradition. And it's sad. And I really want to put this out here on our podcast because I don't want the mace community to go that direction, like the martial arts and like so many sports and really everywhere in life, politics comes into play and you're different than we are. We're better than you are. We really need to have, that's why I like your title, you know, Steel Mace Nation. We're, we're a nation right. of, of a tribe of people and we should support each other's visions and absorb what is useful. Everybody has great things to offer. And make somebody better because of it. And uh, if they have a different weight mace, if their mace is made of wood and they're not with gigantic heavy steel one, they're still a valuable person because someday that person might be strong enough to make that big heavy steel mace fly. Yeah. And that steel mace, gigantic heavy mace person, all of a sudden doesn't have the mobility to do some of the flow stuff with a wooden mace. And now they do and have a healthier shoulder. So there's so much to gain from all this. Yeah, absolutely. The, you know, I, I will pick up uh, one of your wooden maces at, from time to time to uh, especially like uh, if I've been training a lot and I'm kind of beat up or yep. if I want to practice um, some type of hand movement that I don't really want to jeopardize dropping the mace on my foot or something just to just to <laughs> yeah. you know practice something and then yeah. once i get the technique down it helps me transition to, yeah. to the steel mace and yep. i also notice uh because it is lighter and it just feels different in my hand that it also makes me think differently so mm -hmm. it, that might actually help me produce a whole new flow pattern just because yes. it's something different yeah. And your mind isn't – you're not following that same predictable pattern all the time. You're yeah. shifting your mindset. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. And then, like, um, whatever else, the collie sticks, the, the Thor hammer, if these things can all be incorporated into daily practice, it's just going to – they're all going to backfeed into mm -hmm. each other. And each one will, will – block. each one of those will blossom as – as they backfeed into each other, right? Right. I mean, it may you may touch somebody's uh, interest uh, that they become a Kali practitioner and they actually go, and, you know, one of the things I say in, in the book and I say it online all the time, I'm not teaching Filipino martial arts. We're not going for rank. We're not going to be sparring. This is a set of movements that is very beneficial for all these other areas of life, including mace, including sports. We're borrowing from this wonderful system of movement. We're using a tool and we're going to take the body through movements, but they may go, I love these movements. I want to learn the rest of the patterns. I want to learn the self-defense part of this. And yeah. now they become a martial artist where before they would have never done that. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's a, it's a different way to invite somebody into a, a whole new world. That Inviting you, them in. You, need, you nailed it. Right. Yeah. That's my goal as a PT is invite people to move. Some people that come to me that have an injury, they never get off the couch. And that's why they're hurt. And that's why they're in my office because they have a herniated disc or something. Because they sit all day. And yep. I start showing them different ways to exercise. And all of a sudden, they find one little niche that speaks to them. And they become an athlete from that moment on. And we got them off the couch, whatever way possible. 
And so this is the, the goal, I think, our whole community is to introduce people to a new way to move that's non-traditional. And it may uh, really spark the interest of a lot of people who don't want to particularly move with a barbell or a dumbbell. But then maybe they do later because they go, you know, I want to get stronger to be better with the mace. I'm actually going to join the gym and lift some weights. Right. And now we've turned them on to the gym. I mean, victory. Yep. That's it. Victory for everybody. Now, there's yeah. uh, a whole bunch of new coaches starting to pop up out there. I'm one of them. Um, cool. And uh, I like to speak to the experts such as yourself on this subject. You know, you have uh, a lot of different uh, certifications out there that people get. Viking Ninja, Steel Mace Flow. Um, uh, you could get something from New Breed. You could get something from uh, Rick Brown. Um, yeah. At the end of the day, though, at whatever it is that you want to coach in with the mace, uh, you have to sell it. I don't know if sell it is the right word, but you have to no, be right. able to to get your clients interested in it. And yeah. I'm I'm encountering a lot of people saying things like, "Well, what's it for? I don't I don't yeah. get it. What are you doing?" Yeah. And yeah. Um, what's your advice for a new yep. coach who's trying to build a little bit of a following? And, you know, the passion is there. They have the knowledge. They have the certification. But they just can't quite cross that gap to the client. Yeah. What, what do you yeah. have for that? It is, you're, And you're right. It is selling it to someone because you, they see it for the first time. And you have to tell – you have to – the so what of it all. Like why, why is it good for me? And that's really a coach's job to begin with is to sell movement or to sell their way of training and not to steer people away from other areas. So – what I think is important, there's so many great certification programs out there. I think it's important for coaches that have a, a training center or plan to have a program. The most important thing at the beginning of all of it all is basics, right? You have to have a good foundation in basics. Whether you're going to go swing heavy, you're going to do flow, or you're going to go to like more of a yoga set up, you have to have good sound basics. So looking at programs out there that have a, a foundational program that shows them how to squat properly, how to lunge properly, how to hold the mace. That's really what our whole first book is, the Primal Flow Foundations Manual. It's basically an introduction and movement of the mace, right. and it's a springboard to go whichever way you want with it. That's really my vision is not, oh, you right. can't go to those guys, or you can't go to those guys. The goal is here's a mace. Here's how you use it properly. Now go to town with what suits your body type, right? Some bigger dude might not be doing more like a yoga style. They might be doing the heavy swinging, or you might have a very petite person really, really hit home with flow or with yoga style, and it can cross over to many ways. So coaches need to have a good versatile toolbox. And it goes back to not over-specializing in the sense that try different certification programs. Look online on Instagram and take, take you know, um, Essek right now, Viking Ninja has great 30-day little programs, a 30-day mace workout program very affordable. You can learn a new way to use a mace for 30 days and go, wow, I really like these workout sequences. You know, there's all these different resources online. And I think it's a responsibility of a coach to have a little bit of every kind of way to move with the mace so that he can reach or she can reach the client who might be more of a bigger strength person right. or someone that's a, a, a speed athlete that has a very light body frame. And if you only swing heavy all the time and you get a little person in there, they're not gonna, they may not want to do that. But if you have a good, versatile, well-rounded toolbox, then you have a lot to offer to a lot of different people. And as a coach, you recognize their strengths and you play up on their strengths. 
but you also expose them to the other areas and take them a little bit out of their comfort zone. Like my, my uh, MACE class on Saturday mornings, they're mostly runner athlete, triathletes. So they're not big, strong, you know, CrossFit type of people or heavy swinging kettlebell people. So we start with the training maces, but some of them that show a lot of promise, hey, now you can try this with a 10 pound steel mace. And they're like, whoa, out of their comfort zone, but they, and they nail it and they go, whoa, I can swing a 10 pound mace. Yeah. You have that 25 pound, can I try it? <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. So that's, as a coach, that's a victory because I took someone who would have never touched a heavy weight because they're an endurance athlete and now they're lifting heavy and now their body is more well-rounded. So really my advice is for coaches to diversify, look at all the, there's so many great programs out there, get a little bit from each one, get certified in multiple programs. So you have a lot of a variety of tools for your own knowledge, but also for your clients' knowledge. Um, I'm, I'm in talks right now. I can't wait for this to happen. There's a, a gentleman, Dr. Eddie Joe. He's the director of a human performance lab in California, university in California. He did an actual clinical study on steel mace and muscle recruitment. Uh, and I'm pumped about that because now the, the, the sports science community is going to look at the study because yes. it's going to be in medical journals and sports science journals. And so the study is going through the preliminary approvals for publishing and all that. He was telling me it should be in the fall published into the journals. So I, I can't wait to expose that in one of my writings, uh, I'm, you know, get the permission to, to reveal his findings once it's published. Because now for coaches, we have some data to tell somebody, well, did you know that the switch squat or the 360 actually has a 25% increase in muscle recruitment yes. than squatting with right. the dumbbell. Yeah. And that's what this study is doing. Uh, and so you have this versatility for multiple programs. And then you also are learned and well-read by like sports scientists like Dr. Eddie Joe. I'm speaking at the Ancestral Health Symposium in San Diego, California next month to a panel of the primal uh, paleo lifestyle uh, at the university. And so we're taking these steps to put MACE out into the mainstream community and introduce them to this tool they may not have ever seen. We, we were doing, I did a um, presentation at Paleo FX in Austin in April, and there were thousands of people from all over the world, and most of them had never seen a MACE ever. And we took them through MACE Flow with the, wood, with the wooden training MACE, and they bought it. And people like yourself, they have a training center, they bought a, a, a gym set, and now they want to incorporate it into their practice. But it's that putting it out there for coaches to see and being versatile. Right. Yeah, that's awesome. That's it. I, I see, uh, you know, all these things happening on the chessboard, all these big moves happening. Um, in, in your imagination, how, how much more do you think this is going to expand? Like, where do you see the future of yeah. all this going? I think there's no limit to where this can expand, you know, and, and I think in a short time because of the of, of, uh, social media. Uh, the martial arts as it was in its infancy in the 1950s. My martial arts instructor was the fourth black belt in the United States, period, any, in any style and in any system. And that was in 1954. He's still teaching martial arts today. And now you can go to any corner of any city and there's a martial arts dojo yeah. everywhere. Right. Uh, but when he started, there was like a handful in the whole U.S. Yeah. And this is from the 50s till now without social media. So I think that the mace with social media and people like yourself with these awesome podcasts, we're just broadcasting this information about how great of a tool it is. And then you have open-minded coaches like yourself and those that are listening to this that say, that sounds really good. I want to try it. And so it's getting planted, you know, like what I love to do, go to conferences and present to academic 
you know, sports scientists and people like that. And then they buy sets and they take it to their center. Now we're, we're just like broadcasting this stuff out there and it's becoming something that is, is spreading very fast. Yeah, that's excellent. So, you know, um, in closing, you know, if you were to um, have any more advice to coaches on, um, you know, how to explain the physical benefits mm-hmm. of mace training um, yes. in a t- on a technical level, what's the best way they could go about doing that? Yeah, I would say it's a tool that uh, recruits a lot more stabilization muscles because it's an offset weight tool, so it's more dynamic. So you're going to get improved muscle recruitment. And I would also say that it's a tool that is very versatile to a lot of different areas of movement. Like we talked about the strength, the power, the isometric yoga mobility. So you can basically a coach can tell a client, you know, this is a tool I want to teach you because it's an offset weight. It's going to recruit a lot more muscles in your body than a balanced weight is. And we're going to be able to move this tool in so many different styles and ways that we're going to tax into your strength, we're going to tax into your flexibility, we're going to tax into your endurance. And so now the person goes, oh, I get a lot of bang for my buck from this one little tool. Yeah, It's worthwhile. And so I think if that was like, if you have one minute to sell me on this, that's what I would say is you get a ton of bang for your buck, you can move it all different ways, and you recruit a lot more muscles in one setting than you would with a regular traditional tool. Yeah. And, and I like that answer. That's good. I'm going to actually use that. Thank you. And, cool. um Just to kind of like throw the cherry on top, just this morning, I I was doing my uh, strength and conditioning. I was doing deadlifts and squats, and we finished off with a little uh, condition, uh, further conditioning, more of like a metabolic type training. And somewhere in there, uh, I was doing reverse lunges with a 15-pound mace, but this was after I did everything else. I was pre-exhausted. So just doing that, like I could do, you know, I could do those fresh no problem but at the tail end of a workout i was having trouble i was losing my balance and i really really had to focus more and it just was an incredible add-on to my leg training because now i'm bringing the 15 pound in and it's just my legs are screaming my arms are screaming i'm sweating bullets i'm breathing heavy uh it was fantastic i said that was that was sweet we got to do more of that so yep that exactly what you just said you know well said yeah <laughs> cool so dr joey thank you uh this was a great conversation um and uh please share with us you know how people can get in touch with you and you sure. know your social uh, media instagram is always the best way dr joey pt is my instagram um username and basically everything comes from there uh, Primal Flow Mace Movement is our Instagram for the company, Primal Flow. Uh, Primal Flow Movement is our Facebook, and PrimalFlowMovement.com is our website address. But direct messages on Instagram is probably the easiest one to, to find me on. I get yes, that immediately. Yes. Yeah. So Dr. Joey, Dr. Joey PT, that's the best one to follow. And then, of course, it kind of spiders from there. Yeah, I've I've hit you up many times direct message and you respond oh, right yeah. away so sure yeah anybody I listening yeah he's he's uh, definitely on the ball on the on the dm there <laughs> yeah. yeah all right thank you dr joey thank you it's been an honor i really appreciate it i appreciate it enjoy the rest of your day and we'll talk to you soon yes sir all Thanks. right take care